0: American Medical Association, which is the preeminent licensing or organizational, professional organizational board, they, they literally give doctors their licensing. They're also the authority on the diagnosis and treatment of every single medical issue on the face of this earth. The American Medical Association issued a guide called Advancing Health Equity. So buzz, 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 bing, 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 that word equity. Equity is not equality. Equity is discrimination, as we have established before, because equity differs from equality in the sense that equality is equal opportunity, equality under the law. Equity doesn't mean equal opportunity. It means equal outcome. In order to force equal outcome, you have to hold someone back. You have to deny someone opportunity, deny someone privileges, maybe even deny someone their rights. And you have to base this denial or this discrimination on immutable characteristics like gender or race. Or income, which I suppose is not an immutable characteristic, but still it's a characteristic uh, by which the left intends to discriminate against people. This is the American Medical Association. We are told that we must believe the science. We are told that we, as non experts, non authoritative sources, not epidemiologists, we can't question the science from the experts. Well, these so called experts and their science, this guide on how to advance health equity is a roadmap on how doctors and hospitals and practices and medical organizations can fight for critical race theory in favor of it. This guide provides a list of words for healthcare providers, a list of words not to say, and instead provides words that are the equity-focused alternatives to normal words. Now, in this guide, words like meritocracy and individualism and free market are demonized. Doctors can't use any of those words, no, no, because didn't you know your sinus infection is going to be negatively impacted? You're not going to get the proper treatment if your doctor says the phrase free market. This is how corrupt the so-called scientific community is right now. This is how corrupt the medical environment is right now. Um, this guide literally says that physicians cannot eliminate health inequities by focusing only on individuals, their behavior, or their biology. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what doctor's job is. They're supposed to evaluate the individual as an individual, since everybody's body's different, everybody reacts to different illnesses differently, every medication, every person reacts to a medication differently. Pretty sure that's exactly what a doctor's job is: is to take their clinical knowledge, their textbook learning, and apply it to the individual based on that particular individual. But no, no, now the American Medical Association, who not only licenses doctors, they are the arbiter of how to diagnose and how to treat every illness and health condition on the face of this earth. They said that doctors should never say a phrase like this. Quote, low-income people have the highest level of coronary artery disease in the US. Now you might be wondering, well, what's wrong with that sentence? Nothing is wrong with that sentence. But according to the American Medical Association, this is what doctors should say instead. This advances equity. And I quote, people underpaid and forced into poverty as a result of banking policies, real estate developers, gentrifying neighborhoods, and corporations weakening the power of labor movements, among others, have the highest rate, or have the highest level of coronary artery disease. Okay, so what we just saw there is wokeness invading the medical community in the name of equity. This is discrimination. This is in fact critical race theory to teach every professional in every industry to view everything through this lens of racialism. This awful, atrocious, false idea that every single white person is tainted with white supremacy and every single black person is oppressed because of it. We've established this a billion times. It's never gonna change. This is not only racist, It's racialism, and the goal of this racialism is to divide the United States in order to tear down the institutions of our country so that these leftists who are pushing this racialism on us can usher in a Marxist state. There is a land and labor acknowledgement. An entire page of this guide from the American Medical Association has a land and labor acknowledgement. This is what it says. The Association of American Medical Colleges headquarters is located in Washington, D.C., the traditional homelands of the Natachaquick, a bunch of Native American tribes that I don't know how to pronounce. They are doing this land acknowledgement. because they want to delegitimize the United States of America and make it seem like it's stolen land, that we have no right here, that we really, if we're a just and fair and good people, we'd give back the land and voila, the United States as we know it would disappear. This is absolutely poison. And let me tell you, if this is science, then science is fake. I'm Liz Wheeler, this is The Liz Wheeler Show. If this is science coming from the American Medical Association, then make no mistake about it. Science is absolutely fraudulent. This is no more science than, um, than quacks are science. This is absolutely ridiculous. And it actually, th- this is basically what I just spoke about at Rocky Mountain College in Billings, Montana, that if we are playing by the rules of the radical left then science is fake. And this isn't even a controversial opinion. We're gonna get into that in just a second. But first, I wanna talk about AMAC. The Liz Wheeler Show is sponsored today by AMAC. Did you know there's a conservative advocacy and benefits organization with more than 2 million members and counting? It's called AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. AMAC has become one of the most impactful conservative organizations in America. Joining AMAC gives you access to money-saving benefits, cutting-edge news, and a magazine full of insightful takes on today's most important issues. But most importantly, AMAC is working tirelessly to preserve the freedom secured by our Constitution. With a full-time presence on Capitol Hill, AMAC is pushing back against the efforts to defund our police, weaken our borders, and replace your freedom with government controls. So stand with me and over 2 million patriots by joining right now at amac.us. Forward slash Liz. That's AMAC.US forward slash Liz. The benefits are great, but the cause is greater. Join today at AMAC.US forward slash Liz. That's AMAC.US forward slash Liz. So if we are playing by the rules of the radical left, then science is fake. I talked to a packed crowd at Rocky Mountain College um, this week, actually, this week about. The radical left's rules and how they have redefined science and how they've weaponized not just the medical community, but the scientific community in general, in order to harness it to push their radical leftist agenda. And I said, this is how the left does this. First, the left becomes the arbiter of experts. What do I mean by that? I mean, the left tells men that they can't talk about abortion because men don't have uteruses. They tell religious people that we can't talk about abortion, because we're trying to push, we're we're violating the separation of church and state. They tell doctors who don't actively offer abortions as part of their uh, medical practices that they can't talk about abortion, blah, blah, blah. They go on and on. The left is the arbiter of experts. They decide who is eligible to participate in a particular conversation or who is disqualified. And worse than that, the left has co-opted the governing boards, the licensing organizations, the professional groups of almost all of Um, professional industry. The American Medical Association is a perfect example of that. It is co-opted by leftists. So the American Medical Association, which determines how doctors and healthcare providers operate in the United States, is run by radical leftists. They decide who gets a license. They decide how to diagnose. They decide how to treat and who to treat and how it works. The left has co-opted this. And this is the first step. The left becomes the arbiter of experts in two different ways. By doing that, they limit who is eligible to be in the debate. While they limit debates only allowing their designated experts to weigh in. This, by the way, is called technocracy. Technocracy, that's not what we are here in the United States. We are a constitutional republic. The left is trying to reorder our society into a technocracy. So next, the left redefines science, because what is the basis of science? What is the core of science, the fundamental of science? Well, it's questions, it's doubt, it's skepticism. That's the very idea of science, or at least it used to be, until the left came along and redefined it. Now the left tells us if something is the science, then we can't question it, or we're flat earthers or science deniers, spreading disinformation and misinformation. We can't question it. Well, that's the very basis of science. What you're talking about, something that's unquestionable, that's doctrine, that's ideology. That is not science. But the left has redefined science. After they do this, after they designate experts, they limit debate, they redefine science, then they create an emergency. They invent an emergency, an emergency that the only way to solve it is to bring in government as a savior. So then these government officials who are designated saviors before they've even begun, they impose public policy on us under the guise of their political agenda, their political policies, not only being the science, but being endorsed by the experts. And of course, we are not allowed to question this because we are not the experts and we cannot question the science. This is how The left has put a lock on science. First of all, it destroys what actual true science is. But this is how the left has put a lock on almost every debate in our country. And now it's not just science, not just climate change, not just abortion, not just the hot button topics. Now it's seeping into the medical community in the name of equity. Equity, which is just discrimination under another name. This is terrifying. This is horrifying. Because as I said, what what is health equity? Why would anyone want to achieve health equity when equity requires discrimination? Because discrimination, when you discriminate against someone, it is for a reason. So what reason is going to be used to discriminate against people? Well, as I said, it could be race. It could be gender. It could be income level. It could be religious beliefs. It could be political party. There's some reason that the left will discriminate against you if they are pushing equity because equity is simply discrimination. And the reason I say religious view and political party is because when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine, for example, what is the primary reason that many conservatives are declining to get the COVID-19 vaccine? Yes, there are questions about its efficacy. Yes, there are questions about short-term side effects and unknown long-term side effects, all valid concerns. But the primary reason is that conservatives and Christians are opposed to the use of aborted babies and the fetal cell lines, which is just cells from aborted babies that are then multiplied in a laboratory. They're opposed to the use of that and both the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine tested their vaccine against fetal, aborted fetal cell lines. Well, what happens next? Well, under a system of equity with the Democrats as the arbiters of this equity, your religious views your political party, and your medical choices are literally reason enough to discriminate against you. This is not hypothetical. This is actually happening. It's happening to a woman named Cody Samuelson. We're going to talk about that in just a second, but first I want to talk to you about Public Goods, the one-stop shop for sustainable, high-quality, everyday essentials, made from clean ingredients at an affordable price. Public Goods is your new everything store, thoughtfully designed for the conscious consumer. Rather than buying from a bunch of single product brands, Public Goods members can buy all of their premium essentials in one place with one beautiful streamlined aesthetic. An example of this, by the way, I have Public Goods soap. And do you know what I noticed this morning as I washed my hands? I thought, wow, this is a beautiful aesthetic because it matches my decorations without even having to try. Public Goods is not... Just good looking. They search the globe to find clean, healthy, eco-friendly, and innovative products. They ethically source and obsessively develop each of their products to be free of unhealthy ingredients. And they use a membership model to keep costs low and pass on even more savings to their customer. I worked out an awesome deal just for my listeners. You can receive $15 off your first public goods order with no minimum purchase. That's right, they're so confident that you will absolutely love their products and come back again and again. They're giving you $15 to spend on your first purchase. You have nothing to lose. Just go to publicgoods.com slash Liz or use code Liz at checkout. That dot com forward slash Liz to receive $15 off your first order. When someone enacts policy, let's not be hypothetical here. When the Democrats enact policy in the name of equity, what they mean is they intend to discriminate against someone based on some characteristic race or gender or income or religious view or political party, some kind of identifying feature about you that they determine make you less worthy of equality, that make you a suitable candidate to have your privileges or God forbid your rights denied. And I said, this was not hypothetical and I meant it. There is a woman by the name of Cody Samuelson. She's 23 years old and her kidneys are failing. Vanderbilt University Medical Center denied her kidney transplant because she has chosen to be unvaccinated for COVID-19. She's going to die because she can't get a new kidney. Um, She's off this list at this hospital. Now, if she is not on a list at another hospital within six months, she will be removed from the transplant plant list entirely. She is 23 years old. She has to undergo dialysis multiple times a week just to stay alive. She was all set for a transplant and they canceled it because she is not vaccinated against COVID-19. They're already doing it. This is what they describe as health equity. This is health equity. They are picking and choosing certain people to get medical care and certain people to face denial of medical care, life-saving medical treatment based on religious beliefs, political party perhaps, the values that you hold dear and your personal choices. The American Medical Association is encouraging providers to act like this. And and let's go back to what I was saying before. This is all part of this grand plan of the left to use science, to weaponize science, or the idea of science at least, in order to push their political agenda and centralize their own power here. So we talked about how they want to limit the debate. First, they're the arbiter of experts. They only designate certain people who are going to parrot their talking points and their agenda to be the experts. They tell you, if you're not an expert, you can't partake in this conversation, Now they're trying to shut up even debate outside of the government. They're trying to shut up you and me. The Surgeon General of the United States under the Biden administration is warning the American people, warning the American people about memes. That's right. You know, scrolling through your Instagram, when you wake up in the morning, you see those memes that give you your first chuckle before coffee. Oh, the Surgeon General says that's fake news. Watch out for those. This is the most important health issue facing our nation that the Surgeon General of the United States of America needs to warn you about memes. Good Lord, people, he thinks we're stupid. He thinks we're that stupid. But this is worse than that. It's not just insulting. This is scary. This is censorship. This is what what he said. He said, during the COVID-19 pandemic, health misinformation and disinformation, which he defines as misinformation that is spread intentionally to serve a malicious purpose, have threatened the US response to COVID-19 and continue to prevent Americans from getting vaccinated, prolonging the pandemic and putting lives at risk. Okay, so let's unpack this for a second. There are valid reasons for people to choose not to get the COVID-19 vaccine. I list them all the time. There are concerns about short-term side effects. There are concerns about unknown long-term side effects. There are Reports of blood clots. The rate of myocarditis, heart inflammation in young men who get the vaccine is astronomical compared to the low chance of fatality if they contract COVID 19. There are widespread reports of women's menstrual cycles being disrupted after following the COVID 19 vaccine. And this, of course, isn't even mentioning the fact that the vast, vast, vast majority of people in our country are at essentially little to no risk of fatality from COVID-19. And you can still contract and transmit COVID-19 if you have the vaccine. So it's not about protecting other people. These are all valid, scientific-based reasons why you and your family might choose not to get the COVID-19 vaccine. I don't care if you get it. I don't care if you don't get it. But the fact that the Surgeon General of the United States is dismissing every single person who has declined to get this vaccine as being the victim or the result of misinformation Seriously, I wish that there was one White House reporter who would ask Jen Psaki or ask the Surgeon General, do you think there are any valid reasons not to get the COVID-19 vaccine? And if so, what? Give us a list. That would be the best question that could be asked to the entire Biden administration right now, because right now they are acting like you are simply the subject of a disinformation campaign if you've chosen not to get it. This is so absolutely insulting and the reason they say, you, well, you've, you've been duped essentially by memes and edited videos, fake websites and quote unquote cherry picked statistics. They have to use that, that phrase cherry picked statistics because so often people's concerns are based on fact and there's no questioning the fact because it's coming from a scientific study. And so if the Surgeon General says, well, what you're, what you're talking about is fake news, then we can just hand them the scientific study and say, well, how is this fake news? So it's cherry picked. It's out of context. And then it comes to this. If you're online, the Surgeon General says, you should not share any health information unless and until you have checked with the CDC first. Before you as a private citizen open your mouth, check with the government. Before you engage in the free exchange of ideas, have big daddy government give you a pat on the head Ask them if it's okay if you open your mouth. And if you're not sure, the Surgeon General said, then don't share it online. This is how the government limits debates. This is how they act as the arbiter of so-called experts who are peddling what they call science, which is really just political policy being pushed under the guise of an emergency. You can look every single day, and there's another example of this, Every single day, the the Pfizer CEO. By the way, Pfizer has blocked me on Twitter. I discovered this past um, weekend. I have, for no discernible reason, I have no idea why they blocked me. I don't think I haven't gone back and checked this. I need to, but I don't think I've actually ever tagged Pfizer in any tweet. If I did, if I did, and I, I I'm going to go back and check this just for complete accuracy sake. But if I did, I think it could have been when I was tweeting about the James O'Keefe undercover. Um, operations about the Pfizer vaccine. And it's possible that I tagged Pfizer in one of those videos that I was retweeting. Possible. Other than that, I don't believe that I have tagged them. I never thought about Pfizer having a Twitter. I never thought of Pfizer's Twitter. I definitely never went and visited their page. Um, nonetheless, Pfizer gave me the big fat block, which in a sense I take as a badge of honor, but it's also like a chilling breeze has come in the room because all I have done is share the facts share the evidence, share the scientific studies related to their vaccine, and if they think that I should be silenced for that, they can't even stand the dissent or the questions. Folks, that's not science. That's terrifying. If this is the environment of medicine right now. Now we know big pharma is corrupt, sure, but every time they actually admit it by doing something like this, they are cowardly. They're afraid of what I have to say. Why are they afraid? Are they afraid that what I'm saying is true? The Pfizer CEO says that people who spread misinformation are criminals. This is, this is his quote. He said, by the way, his name is Albert Bourla. He says, quote, these people are criminals. They're not bad people, they're criminals because they've literally cost millions of lives. Literally criminals. Literally criminals. So the CEO of Pfizer wants people who say things that he doesn't like to face actual criminal repercussions. He wants you to actually be penalized under the law if you say something about the vaccine that he's making billions and billions and billions of dollars off of that he doesn't like. Good Lord, good Lord. And by the way, speaking of misinformation or disinformation, which, as you remember, the Surgeon General tells us is false information that's spread on purpose, deliberately, with a malicious motive. Mr. Albert Bourla, CEO of Pfizer, says the following, quote, the only thing that stands between the new way of life and the current way of life is, frankly, hesitancy to vaccines. He said people can get, quote, back to normal if they get the vaccine. This is the biggest, fattest lie I have ever heard. This man is not stupid. He might be evil. I don't know. This is a huge lie. He's not stupid. He knows what the science says. He knows what the studies have shown. The studies show that the Pfizer vaccine does not prevent the transmission of the COVID-19 virus. The Pfizer vaccine does not prevent you from contracting the COVID-19 virus. So the fact that COVID-19 is still spreading in the United States is no more the fault of the unvaccinated than anybody else. It's not going to stop the pandemic, if that's what you still want to call it. The only way this pandemic is going to stop is when the people say enough, enough of the government usurping our rights and violating our our constitutionally protected inherent rights. That's how the pandemic is going to stop. It's not gonna stop if states and localities and public schools force your five-year-old child to get the vaccine. This is the critical mistake that these leftists are making. Whether it's big pharma, whether it's teachers unions, or whether it's elected Democrats, they are coming after the wrong parents. This will be the end of the pandemic if this is the choice that they are making. We're gonna talk about that in a second, but first I wanna talk to you about trust and will. We all know that we need one, but most of us put off creating a trust or a will because it sounds complex, it's expensive, maybe we don't wanna face our own mortality. Well, now it doesn't have to be any of those things. At trustandwill.com, setting up an estate plan is simple, it's convenient, and it's secure. For as little as $39, you can nominate guardians for your children, you can determine who gets your stuff in the event of your death, or you can plan for future medical care all from the comfort of your home. That means no more hiring of a traditional estate attorney that costs thousands of dollars, Trust and Will documents also are designed by estate planning experts, and they are customized for the state you live in. No more one size fits all. And with live customer sports seven days a week, trustandwill.com's team is available to answer any questions that you might have. So gain peace of mind at trustandwill.com slash Liz and get 10% off plus free shipping of your customized legal documents. Don't wait, go right now. This is really important. Get 10% off plus free shipping at trustandwill.com, but you must- Use my promo code trustandwill.com slash Liz to get the good deal. Trustandwill.com slash Liz. This is a good deal. It's the responsible thing to do. We all know it is. You'll be glad that you did it. Trustandwill.com slash Liz. San Francisco, uh, the acting health officer and director of disease prevention and control for the San Francisco Health Department. It's actually her official title. Let me just get that one correct. Her name is Susan Phillip. She announced this week in answer to a question that five-year-old children little girls and little boys, maybe they're in kindergarten, they will soon be required to show proof of vaccination if they want to enter a restaurant in the city of San Francisco. Five-year-old babies, five-year-old babies, they don't have their front teeth, but if they don't have a vaccine card, they can't come in and eat. This is so nuts. Let me tell you, if you thought what happened in the state of Virginia, the backlash, from parents against critical race theory and transgender bathrooms, and Democrats telling parents that they have no business exposing pornographic books in school libraries, they have no business getting involved in what's taught to their children in school. If you thought parents backlash, both Democrat parents and conservative parents, if you thought that backlash was incredible, just you wait until these Democrats come after our parents' or our children with needles and try to jab them in the arm with a COVID-19 vaccine that the FDA themselves admits that they don't know if it's safe. They won't know it's safe until they've injected our children with it. What happened in Virginia is going to be small potatoes, nothing. It's going to be a snap of the fingers compared to the fireworks that happen in our country when parents realize that their little kids are guinea pigs. They're Fauci's beagles in this vaccine experiment. And then they're told by the CEO of Pfizer, that if they have concerns, if they have questions, if they have skepticism about the need of their children to have vaccines, they're criminal. They're told by the Surgeon General that they shouldn't talk unless the government allows them to say what the government wants them to say. Oh, this backlash from parents at the ballot box is gonna be like nothing we have seen before in this country. You think 2010 was a landslide? You thought the Tea Party was a landslide? Wait until you've harnessed the mama grizzlies and the protective dads whose children right now are facing ideology in schools telling them that they're racist or the victims of racism, that they can be a boy if they want or a girl if they want. It doesn't matter the science, the biology, the DNA, or their actual sex. Just wait until these kids are told they can't come to school unless they get the COVID-19 vaccine and that parents have absolutely no say in this. San Francisco is going to be a petri dish, a case study for this. But listen to these facts. In the city of San Francisco, 664 citizens in total have died from COVID-19 in the past almost two years since the beginning of this pandemic. 664. Not a single of those people was under the age of 21. No children have died of COVID-19 in the city of San Francisco. In fact, only 1,500, to be exact, 1,529, if we want to be precise, and we do, only 1,529 kids have even had COVID in the city of San Francisco. And yet, the moment the FDA gives full approval for the COVID-19 vaccine, five-year-olds are going to be excluded from society if their parents don't get them vaccinated against COVID-19. Even Matthew McConaughey, Hollywood star, not exactly a conservative, maybe a Democrat with libertarian leanings. Maybe, that's being generous. Even he said, I got vaccinated, my wife got vaccinated. You know, the virtue signaling that I absolutely hate that people do before they say something negative about vaccine mandates. Just say your piece, people. Say your piece, say you're against vaccine mandates. You don't have to virtue signal and say, but I've gotten the vaccine. He did, but we'll forgive him because he's speaking out and saying, There shouldn't be vaccine mandates. If we have people in Hollywood, the left of the left of the left, saying that they're against vaccine mandates for kids, he's not alone. Parents everywhere feel the same way. There might be a lot of parents who are afraid to say it, because they're afraid of the backlash. They're afraid of being called criminals by Pfizer. They're afraid of being told that they can't speak unless the government tells them that they can speak and what they're allowed to say. They're afraid their kids aren't gonna be able to go to school. Parents everywhere are going to rebel, and they should. Any politician in any position of power who supports a vaccine mandate for kids, you're you're coming after the wrong parents. You are coming after the wrong parents. Parents are a formidable force, as we should be. We are forming and raising the next generation of people who will lead our country. Every single generation has the opportunity in the United States to take the United States in one direction or the other, to make it better than it was when it was handed to them, or to degrade it and to make it worse. We as parents have a responsibility to form our children into responsible stewards of the greatest experiment in liberty the world has ever known. That's a serious responsibility. And every single parent, Democrat or Republican understands what it means to raise the next generation to protect their children from evil. And they don't trust the schools or the school system and they shouldn't in the state of Indiana. Indiana, by the way, in their public school system claims that critical race theory is not being taught in schools. They say, it's not an issue here. Parents go home, settle down, be quiet. Nothing to see here. We don't teach this, you know, don't bother us. But a teacher in the state of Indiana is exposing the critical race theory that is absolutely 100% unequivocally taught in public schools in the state, and it is absolutely chilling. Take a listen to this.
1: I'm the science coach and admin in the largest public school district in Indiana. I'm in dozens of classrooms a week, so I see exactly what we're teaching our students. When we tell you that schools aren't teaching critical race theory, that it's nowhere in our standards, that's misdirection. We don't have the quotes and theories as state standards per se, We do have critical race theory in how we teach. We tell our teachers to treat students differently based on color. We tell our students that every problem is a result of white men, and that everything Western civilization built is racist. Capitalism as a tool of white supremacy. Those are straight out of Kimberly Crenshaw's main points, verbatim, in critical race theory, the writings that formed the movement. This is in math, history, science, English, the arts, and it's not slowing down. If students of color have lower reading scores, it's because of inequity. Therefore, we take from the white students and give to the color students. That's Richard Delgado, straight out of CRT and introduction. All teaching is political, with reality and facts taking the back seat. That's Dr. Gloria Ladson-Billings, who outlined how she saw critical race theory fleshed out in public schools in 1995. When schools tell you that we aren't teaching critical race theory, it means one thing. Go away and look into our affairs no further. It isn't about transparency. It isn't about cultural relevance. It's race essentialism painted to look like the district cares about students of color. We call it anti-racism, so you feel bad if you disagree with our segregationist pedagogy. It's taking advantage of kids' vulnerability and parents' inactivity to preen over social snake oil schemes designed to create division. Parents, when we tell you critical race theory isn't taught in our schools, we're lying. Keep looking.
0: When we say we're not teaching critical race theory, we are lying. Keep looking truer words were never spoken. The Democrats are messing with the wrong parents, the wrong parents who don't want their children to be racist. They don't want their children to be told that they're racist based on the color of their skin or told that they're the victims of racism based on the color of their skin. It's simply false. You mess with these parents, you will see a backlash. You will see school boards being taken over by parents, representatives, who accept money from these very far left, extreme teachers unions being voted out, as they should be. In Fairfax County in Virginia, we're lucky by the way that Yunkin won in Virginia, but the fight there is not even close to over. In Fairfax County, there's a questionnaire that's being handed out to middle schoolers and high schoolers. This means children as young as 12 years old, 12 years old. And on this questionnaire, they claim it's not mandatory, but still it's being handed to your 12 year old. It asks them if they are transgender. It asked them about their sex life. These are the questions on the questionnaire. Quote, some people describe themselves as transgender when their sex at birth does not match the way they think or feel about their gender. Are you transgender? Which of the following best describes you? Heterosexual, gay, or lesbian, bisexual, not sure. Have you ever had sexual intercourse? How old were you when you had sexual intercourse the first time? During your life, with how many people have you had sexual intercourse? During the last three months, with how many people have you had sexual intercourse? The last time you had sexual intercourse, did you or your partner use a condom? Have you ever had oral sex? What would you do? This is not a rhetorical question. What would you do if your 12 year old brought this home from school and said, Mom, Dad, this is what I'm, this was handed to me by my teacher, this is what I'm being told to fill out. The Democrats and the radical leftists are messing with the wrong people, messing with parents. This radical sex agenda, it's essentially not critical race theory, it's critical gender theory, trying to disassociate sex from marriage, disassociate sex from God, disassociate sex from commitment and love and procreation in Vermont. There was a state law signed last year by Governor Phil Scott. This is what the state law says. Schools are required to provide information about proper condom use that is inclusive of gender identity, sexuality, and ethnicity, ethnicity in an effort to prevent or reduce unintended pregnancies and sexually transmitted diseases. What does this mean? This means that seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th graders in the state of Vermont in every public school in the state of Vermont are being given free condoms. The Democrats and the radical left are messing with the wrong people. They're messing with parents and parents don't want this. Parents might put up with violations of liberty, with radical leftist ideology being hurled at them, with the government trying to act as big brother when it's aimed at them. But when it's aimed at their kids, just you wait. What we saw in Virginia will be nothing compared to the backlash that we're going to see if Democrats keep coming for our kids. If Democrats keep coming for our kids, especially with vaccine mandates. Parents are the wrong people to mess with, and we are, as parents, as moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, we should be the wrong people to mess with, because it's our responsibility to protect our kids from this evil ideology that the radical left is trying to pour into our little kids' minds. If you haven't subscribed to the show, please subscribe to The Liz Wheeler Show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you uh, listen or watch your pods. If you haven't joined us on Locals yet, please do so at LizWheelerShow.com slash Locals. It's a great platform where we live stream, do question and answers. We have no fear of censorship, no fear that the left is trying to be the arbiter of truth and exclude us from the conversation. Um, we also have extended interview segment or extended segments, interviews, exclusive interviews, and ad-free episodes. Who doesn't love that? So LizWheelerShow.com slash Locals. Join us over there. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay, Executive Producer Chad Abbott, Director of Photography Kevin McRoberts, Editor Alejandro Figuerilla, Sound Mixer Robin Fenderson, Director of Marketing Emily Washler, Production and Talent Coordinator Matt Toffler, and Senior Publicist Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront Production.